This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, when all has been heard, in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit will be in this place, speak to us, help this to become relevant, give us eyes to see. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you were not here in the previous lecture? Okay, here's the short spiel. I have the pleasure of working at the General Conference with the Adventist Review. We have some exciting things going on. I'll get to share with you about those more this evening during the presentation, uh, during the program. My wife and I and our two cats live outside of Atlanta. We just got a few acres and we're going to get our farm on. I love technology and I think we need to find ways to engage with it and make sure that it is meeting our purposes and not those who are creating it manipulating us. So I'm not afraid of technology. I actually love technology. Uh, my, as I mentioned before, my house is gadgeted out. I can control uh, almost every gadget in my house. My lights, I can change the color of my lights. Uh, I have these sensors in our garden that tell me when the soil's dry. I love technology. As you're going to see here, there's also reasons to be concerned with technology. And we're going to talk about social media, surveillance, the CIA. Um, I don't know if they'll air this program after we record it. So let's enjoy it together and then uh, forever be silent about it. All right, here we go. Uh, this is my wife and I. We were just in South Africa filming some content with Adventist Review. We are creating some new virtual reality content. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life to swim with great white sharks. And I'll tell you more about that in our presentation after lunch if you're interested. That one's on virtual reality. And uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, they are big. And the cage had dents. Yeah. All right, I would love to engage with you after we're done here. So you can find me on social media. And I would love to hear your ideas. I love ideas. I think ideas change the world, even in 140 characters. So I, I hope we can connect. Uh, if you have questions while we're going through this, we'll do a better job than the last time at getting to those questions and answering some of those questions. So you just go to sli.do and you enter that code, 6923. 6923, and you can ask questions, like a certain question, it'll go to the top. We'll make sure we'll cover that question. All right, here we go. The selfie generation. That is us. We love to take our picture. We think we are the best looking thing in the room. And we think everyone should know it. And in case we don't think we're the best looking thing in the room, they make filters for that. <laughs> so all is well. 
Now, I mentioned before in our previous presentation that all through these presentations, we're going to be talking about two kingdoms, two principles, two laws. And I want to, I want to let you in on that now. I believe there was only one law in eternity past. I do not believe there were a Ten Commandments. And I'd be happy to sit down with you if we had that luxury and show you why I believe that. I know that sounds crazy. We'll take questions at the end. But I believe the law that was in heaven for eternity past is in Romans 14.7. And I'm going to tell you what that is. None liveth to himself. None liveth to himself. I believe the law that Lucifer introduced to start the anarchy in the kingdom was do as thou wilt. This is the whole of the law. So on one side of the aisle, none of us lives solely for ourselves. On the other side of the aisle, you do what you want to do and take care of you. I believe these were the two laws. I believe these are the two laws in the universe. And, uh, and we're going to go through that. I'm not here to bash social media. I'm on social media. I like social media. But we need to know what we're dealing with. How many of you like to start a fire? Come on, give me some honesty. Who likes to start a fire? Yes, even some girls, all right. <laughs> Fires do amazing things. But there's one thing you have to know before you start a fire. What is that? How to put it out? It could burn you. Social media is awesome. It can burn you. Okay? So here we go. See if you can hear this. This is just like a page long. How do I shorten this? Just take out all the vowels. Seriously. Hey, guys. You on Twitter? Follow me. Okay, so that is like the world we live in, right? Does anyone see this and relate with going out to friends, with friends to dinner? Yeah? Now here's the amazing part of this. Now, in the future, they may look back and look at this and say, people used to hang out together? They used to like go to the same place, like at the same time, like as, as wow! Sadly, this is a reality for so many of us. We're at dinner, and life is happening out there. I'm missing out on out there. They're having more fun out there than here, and we're missing out on living because we think life is in my screen. So Gallup did a poll in 2001. How many friends do you have? That was the question. The average answer was 10. 
They did the poll in 2014. How many friends do you have? Two. Now, check this out. I bet many of your Instagram feeds have 1,000 followers. I bet Facebook, you got 2,000 friends, right? So how in the world did we just advance in civilization and you have less friends? You with me? Like, what in the world is that about? We pick up our phones 150 times a day on average. We touch them. Anybody guilty of that? I know I'm reaching. I don't know if reaches count, but, but I've got a lot of reaches. So there's a statistic that 70% of our young people, young adults, that's us, after college, say, church, peace out. 70% of us leave. Leave the church, never to return. And I can tell you in my own experience, that's a reality in my life. Many friends left the church. Anybody else? Yeah, a couple of us. Somehow, overnight, the world changed. I don't know how it happened. I am one of those unique, I'm actually in this demographic that some, some of you are in. It's called a zenial. It's called a zenial. It's like right in this line of, some people are counting us in X, some people count us in millennial, so we're zenial. We actually knew what the world was like before a phone was in our pocket. There was a world before a phone was in your pocket. It was insane, right? No, we, we got along fine. We built forts. We broke our legs. I know, right? We broke our legs. How could you do that on your phone? <laughs> we got bloody noses. We had the wind knocked out of us. Anybody had the wind knocked out of you? You thought you were going to die? We had those things. And then the world overnight changed. When, when 100 years ago, the hot thing in town was my preacher preaching on truth. Get to the tent. This is interesting. But what happens when truth is in your pocket? We have to really start to think about, I think there's a lot of dynamics why our church attendance is dropping. Some people think that the reason we go to church is for information. And so with that thought, I'm like, man, I can get better information in my pocket. I can lay in my bed and just stare at my phone, drop the phone on my head a couple times, and just be like, yes, this is truth. This preacher's got the truth. I am so full of truth. I gotta tell someone how much truth I've got. Well, I can't tell my friends on social media, they'll think I'm crazy. But this guy's got the truth. And somehow overnight, the world changed. And social media and media became the real world. And the real world became just not as interesting. The, the real world became, many came to church like hundreds and thousands of years in the past to hear someone speaking from a pulpit and we thought, man, there's no moving pictures. There's no images. I can't even like what he's doing. When will this end? And, and it's almost like our brains have been hijacked. We think digitally rather than in real life. Okay, so we're on the same page. So we're obsessed with our phones. So here's the question. 
This, you've heard this before from Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. So you have a choice. You have a choice in this world to be the driver of thought or the product of thought. I think we'll touch it here in a minute, but I'll say it now. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. We're going to see that. Two kingdoms, two laws, two principles. Here they are. None liveth to himself. I believe that was the law in eternity past. None liveth to himself. Selfishness, Ellen White says, under the heading, pretty sure this is the exact quote, under the heading of selfishness comes every other sin. So in the books of heaven, there is a title on the top of a page, selfishness. And under that is everything you do that is outside of God's will for your life. Smoking pot. Selfish. There were people around them that needed love, and all they were doing was thinking about themselves smoking pot. Buying those expensive new X was only thinking about themselves while people around them were hungry. Saying those unkind words to someone. Selfish. Selfish. So this is where we find this, turn, this, this idea of selfishness. On the other side of the equation, do as thou wilt. Go through life, do what you want. Now what's amazing is, pop culture and many of the brands we're familiar with, this is where they get their slogans. They're really good ones too. Taste is king. Things like this, where, where it's just do what you want. You're the king, you're the queen. Live your life as you please. One is the law of love and is under the premise that waking up in the morning, I was designed. The other is the law of the jungle. Fend for myself. I'm the designer. I'm in charge of destiny. One is sustainable. One is unsustainable. Here's some words from Ellen White. None of us liveth to himself. This is a law of God in heaven and on earth. But the law that none liveth to himself, Satan was determined to oppose. He desired to live for self. He sought to make himself a center of influence. It was this that incited rebellion in heaven. It was man's acceptance of this principle that brought sin on the earth. What principle? Live for yourself. If you've ever been in a relationship, that could be just a friend. Girls, if you had a girlfriend. Guys, if you had a guy friend. If that, if that friendship ends, it's often because one of you got selfish. Those who've lost a marriage and it's fallen apart, or an engagement and it's fallen apart, often it's because one person got selfish. They loved themselves more than they loved you, or, or the other way around. So here's, here's where the social media angle comes in. How would the enemy get the whole world under his banner and his principles? 
He's got to make selfishness seem fun. There's got to be an addictive taste to being selfish so that we think it's fun. I want to go through this video right quick, but we live in a generation where fame is our currency. Let's get real serious. Deep down, we all want to be famous. We want people to drive us around. We want people to do our makeup for us. We want people to book our flights for us. We want people to wash our, our cars instead of us. Right? We want all these things you do for me. I deserve something here. And this element of fame is what this video talks about. This is the drug by which the world is being enticed into the world of social media. Come get some of this. And on top of it, the reason we think the television shows 
were now communicating this concept of fame to these kids, they were just reflecting what these kids already were doing. The show she grew up with, remember the Andy Griffiths show, Happy Days, I Love Lucy, Laverne and Shirley? They had a whole different set of values, family values, a sense of community. Not anymore. She started comparing them to the shows her kids were watching. This one, Hannah Montana, about a teenager by day, famous rock star by night. And then, the mother of all shows about the pursuit of fame, American Idol. And we looked to see what were the values that were communicated in these shows. Um, and what we found was that the number one value um, in those shows, out of a list of 16 values, was fame. And what was very interesting is that in every other decade, it was number 15 or 16. Doesn't Richard look nice tonight? That warm and fuzzy community feeling? Gone. Just a complete flip. Complete flip. And that's not all. The online world today's teenagers are living in may bring them the fame and fortune they crave, but it can also break heartbreak and bullying. Amanda Todd, Mateo Parsons, Jamie Hughley. The list of victims grows. The dark side of the wire work. But neuroscientists in BC may have found answers in science. When you're engaged with your phone or something external, these areas that are involved in daydreaming and thinking about your own thoughts and feelings shut off. The answers may be in the brain. See that blue area of the brain? That's the area that learns empathy. What they found is that those areas that learn empathy are only active when you do nothing, when you daydream. And that's something today's teenagers don't do. Kids are constantly engaged with their technology, their phones and the internet. They're not activating these brain areas that are important for self-reflection and reflecting on other people and allowing that empathy to emerge. Do you guys daydream? Do you ever just kind of watch the clouds go by and not think about anything in particular? Yeah. How much time do you think you spend doing that daydreaming? Like 30 seconds a day. And if no daydreaming means no empathy, we could be developing a generation that cares less about other people. You're online and bullying. You don't get these cues that tell you, I need to inhibit this behavior that's having such a negative impact on another person. And therefore, it makes it very easy for bullying to continue. But what worries parents and experts alike is how these fundamental changes to the way teenagers' brains are wired is going to change the way they live in their wired world. Pauline Day, CBC News, Los Angeles. Okay, so what would be the result of a generation that was growing up and the world was being viewed through a television screen in their hands? Some would look at that generation and they'd say, oh my word, let's replace these guys with robots. That's, that's, that's where we're at. Something happened. They didn't learn to think. We were telling them what to think, but now we need them to think. Uh, we should replace them with artificial intelligence, right? This, this really hits it on the head. This is where we're at. Because there's a reason why the majority of 
the executives in Silicon Valley do not let their kids under 10 touch anything digital. Because you get into positions of influence and leadership in the world, which every single one of us has been called to, to be the leaders, the Daniels, the Josephs, the Esthers of the world, you're not going to get there if your world has been consumed and brought up on technology. This, this is the unfortunate reality. So we have to know how do we in, engage with it, embrace it, use it in a limited capacity to the best of our abilities, and not be consumed by it. There are things that you have to know before starting a fire. It could burn you. There's things you have to know before you engage with social media. It could burn you, and it could, divine, it could define your value. It could define whether you think you're pretty or not. Can I tell the lady something right quick? I've been married for 10 years. I'd like to tell you one of the most attractive qualities of my wife. She thinks she's good looking. And, and she walks the fine line where it does not become arrogance. And I can tell you I've talked to a number of guys. It would be nice if my lady just knew that I really did think she was beautiful. And I will tell her that, but I, I really wish it would stick. Because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And at the end of the day, God is the ultimate beholder. He made you. He defined you. He created you. He designed you. You are beautiful. Going and engaging with social media, you have to know, I am valued. I am important. I have been called to change the world and lead people. Don't let social media dictate something different to you. Don't let the number of likes on a Bible quote you post determine whether you post Bible texts anymore. If this room had one person in it, I'd be fine. I'm passionate about this. I believe this. This is me. I'm letting you peek into my world and what I'm thinking. It doesn't determine what I say or not, whether people clap or not. That is where we have to get. Jesus was not encouraged by applause nor censure. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. This is what I'm doing. Now, as we engage with social media, we have to know that this thing is fire. This thing is fire. Let's take Facebook. Facebook, it's like uh, one out of five people on the earth are on Facebook. And in the next 20 years, if Facebook continues to be the thing, that will be a lot more people. Now, Seventh-day Adventists have a message about what the mark of the beast is. I have a number of friends that became a Seventh-day Adventist. They randomly came into a seminar the first night, a good friend of mine. He'd already accepted the health message in the world. He's sitting there, and Mark Finley talks about the mark of the beast. You know what he does at the end of this? Where do I sign up? This is, this is awesome. Like, that's, that's truth right there. But sadly, many in the world, they don't have a clue what the mark of the beast is. They think it's some microchip that's going to go into our hands. Uh, they think it's some card we're going to put in our wallets. We know what our message teaches about the mark of the beast. And, and as we get into that discussion, we find ways, well, how would that be enforced? Well, let me share something with you. 
No one has to shove some microchip in my body. I will gladly carry this around for them wherever I go. They can know where I fly to, who I'm talking to, how long I talk to them, what I'm buying, what I'm texting. There's no question about who I am. I am as guilty as you can be of being a Seventh-day Adventist, God willing. If somebody accused me and I was in a court of law, I pray that I am found extremely guilty. That guy's a Seventh-day Adventist. Look what he spends his money on. Look what he watches. Look what he listens to. Look what he reads. This dude is Adventist. My question to you, is that the same way? They say you can tell a lot about a person by their bank account. How do you spend your money? By your library. What do you listen to, watch, read? By your time. How do you spend your time? So knowing that, and knowing that we are in a war, Seventh-day Adventists have this unbelievable view of eternity past and eternity future, and where we're at now, and we understand we're in the midst of a war that is going to end on this earth. And so knowing that, we know that we are at war with someone. And knowing that, we should be careful if somebody presents something that seems at times too good to be true, we should ask ourselves, is this too good to be true? Right? So let's take Facebook. It's the behemoth. It's the one that has invested in virtual reality. We're going to talk about that in our next seminar after lunch. But I just want to show you this, just to give you an idea of the reaches, where this goes. The free internet. We do everything here. We connect with friends on Facebook, search for information on Google, and all of this free. Yeah, free. Wait, actually, how can internet sites make money? I'll tell you, but you may not like where the rabbit hole goes. So, do I choose a bill or... Oh, no, these are my allergy medications. This one's for pollen, and this one's for lactose. Where are we? What is this place? This is the internet of the real. The truth is, these services aren't free at all. You pay for them with your very identity. When you use Facebook, they log everything you do. The pages you like, the people you interact with, even the words in your status updates. And they take that information, analyze it, and assemble a detailed profile of who you are. They know your habits, your preferences. They can even determine your risk tolerance or sexual orientation. And then they sell that information to advertisers. Got it? You pay for a product, or you are the product. So with Facebook, I am the product. Who am I valuable to? People that want to sell me stuff. As the saying goes, follow the money, I find it fascinating in the prophecies of Revelation 18 that the whole thing goes down, and who's upset? The merchants of the earth. They are upset. Who messed up our economy? Testimonies of the Church. Ellen White says, Those who place themselves under God's control to be led and guided by Him will catch the steady tread of the events ordained by Him to take place. Another place that says, We need not guess at anything. We should know exactly where we're at, what's going on in the world, and be able to clearly help someone else explain what in the world is going on. Right? So, 
What's going on is the CIA created a venture capital company. And they invest in companies that mine social media data. What's going on is the world has become a surveillance state. What's going on is we are being listened to. Our text messages are being read. Everything you do, as a Seventh-day Adventist, you were probably told as a kid, God is watching everything you do. Well, here's the beautiful thing. God is watching you like a parent would watch you, to care for you, to look out for your good, to be there for you, to help you. Big Brother is not in the same mindset. In their case, you're being watched to create a threat score. You're being watched to determine if you're a fundamentalist. Are you one of those Bible-believing Christians that believe the Bible should be read literally? What are you taking pictures of? Who are you hanging out with? How many GYCs did you go to? Were you one of the speakers? Did you talk about the CIA? So these companies are collecting data. This next clip is from the New York Times. Fascinating. Please listen. If, if, of this seminar, this is really my most uh, exciting part because for me, it just blows the lid off of, you need to know social media wasn't just the neat idea somebody had to help you take pictures of yourself and put Kodak out of business. Okay? Like, th this, this thing is serious and it should affect how we engage with it, okay? So here we go, this, this is talking about someone that worked for the NSA, and they created technology to surveil foreign intelligences. And then he had to leave because it was turned on us, the American public. Now, now before I show this, I just wanna give you the mindset of why I think, think this is fascinating. As an Adventist, I believe the day will come when the government wants to enforce certain beliefs upon me. And in order to make me do what they want me to do, they will have to control every aspect of my life. And in order to control every aspect of my life, they have to know about every aspect of my life. And sadly, I thought it was cool, like all of us do, to take pictures of everything I do, to take pictures of my food, to take pictures of my new shirt, my pastor, my friends, and so someone knows all about me. You with me? All right, here we go. Ongoing 
because it was doing domestic spying. All the equipment was coming in, I knew something was happening, but then when my, the contractors I had hired came and told me what, the, what they were doing, it was clear where all the hardware was going and what they were using it to do. It was simply a different input. Instead of being foreign, it was domestic input. Somebody told me that they could listen to what we're saying Here's the real brand design. Every domain, think of a domain as an activity, uh, a specific type of activity, phone calls, or banking is another domain. So if you think of graphing each domain, and then each graph and turning it in the third dimension, the, the trick now is to map through all the domains in the third dimension, pulling together all the attributes that any individual has in every domain. So that now I can pull your entire life together from all those domains and map it out and show your entire life over time. Anybody in the country. 
even senators and houses of representatives at all. The dangers here are that we fall into something like a totalitarian state like East Germany. Uh, well, they came in guns drawn, you know, in my house. They didn't do that. The aliens committed it to me. I guess I don't know what they thought I was probably the most dangerous of all. So I don't know. I don't know what was in their minds, okay. So, but they did that, and, uh, and they came in pointing the gun at me. I, I was getting out of the shower at the time, so they pointed the gun right at my own head, it was a pain. So, <laughs> I wasn't too upset. I just said, uh, yeah, I suppose I could get a, I could get dressed here. something that will uh, intimidate, implicate somebody in a crime. That's what they so I told them what the crime was that I knew about. That was that uh, uh, George Bush, Dick Cheney, and Tennant and Hayden conspired to support the Constitution's constitutional process and any number of laws, and here's how they did it. And I explained Stella Wing on my back porch to all the FBI agents who weren't clear. So they had a problem. Uh, I created a problem for them because they had a bunch of people now who weren't cleared for a very highly classified only because of this domestic spying, by the way. Was the reason it was highly classified. They, you know, they wanted to highly classify the extreme impeachable crimes that they were committing. Lee, this is going on. This is real. Uh, this is not something we could pin on George Bush. Obama did the same thing and expanded it. This, this is what we're doing. And, and to a Bible-believing student, we should be the filter to help people on the plane, on the bus, at church, at our school, when they ask the question, why is this happening? Because we're in a war. And the enemy wants us to be forced to do things. And God draws us with his love. So this is the CIA's venture capital company, InQtel, investing in all these companies to mine your data, to figure out who you are, why you are, to give you a threat score and determine if you're a fundamentalist. Now, Lee Rowland, such blanket data collection and an analysis is worrisome to privacy advocates. I'm going to go down. When you have private companies deciding which algorithms get you a so-called threat score or make you a person of interest, there's obviously room for targeting people based on viewpoints or even unlawfully targeting people based on race or religion. Sadly, our Muslim brothers and sisters are the experiment. They are not the goal. They're just the experiment. And they're the global experiment. They're the way that we can keep the forever war going. In Hollywood, in TV, years ago, the bad guy was a Russian. Now, what is he? He's a Muslim. The bad guy's a Muslim. So we just need to know, we're, this, is, this is the world we live in. Like, we're being ushered along. This is the way to go. Don't think to the right, don't think to the left. This is the way to go. So we've just got to know this is the world we live in. We don't have to be afraid of this. Perfect love casts out fear. The king of the world came and died for me. He took back the, the throne of this world. He's told me the earth is not sustainable in agreement with Elon Musk. He's told me there's a city we must colonize on another planet. And I'm told I've got a house there. 
You're told you've got a house there. And we're told that one day we'll come back to this earth and we'll get another house. We have a city apartment and we have a home in the country. So quite a beautiful plan. But this is the world we live in now. Now, for some who think, well, I'm not there or here, I mean, they're, they're thinking here. They're thinking. Check this out. So basically, they said, hey, dudes are into fantasy sports. Like, why make them go do their fantasy stuff outside of the game? Let's sync this technology. The, the NBA is at the forefront of how they're using technology, technology to engage more fans. Uh, virtual reality will come out into the daylight with the NBA. Your court side, you're looking left, you're looking straight, you're looking right. Of all the sports, the NBA is going to just engross technology, right? So with this one, they're like, hey, Loami should be watching the game and keeping track of points, and he'll be able to cue a 48-second clock where his player he's picked gets the most points. And oh, by the way, this is how the technology works. This hyper-time-sensitive feature requires your actions to be in total sync with the game servers, which is tough considering TV broadcasts are delayed anywhere from 2 to 10 seconds depending on where you're watching. So to fix this, NBA Digital detects a silent audio signature in all broadcasts. Users grant access to their microphone so it can pick up the broadcast and synchronize their fantasy game with the real game on TV. I read this the other day and I thought, wait a second. I'm in my living room and I want to play fantasy sports, which I don't, and uh, I click listen and now I'm synced with the game. Ah, this is great. This is so fun. This is, wait a second, they're listening to everything going on in my house. Right? You see how, how it can just be so fun sounding? I'm not saying there's malicious intent. I'm saying that privacy is just you're being eroded. Now, this is being said by somebody, I got a camera at my house that watches what goes on. It's like, well, that's the same idea. So I'm not telling you, nobody do this. I'm not here to dictate your morality or your choices. What I'm telling you is just be aware of what's going on behind the scenes. Is that fair? Just, just know what's going on. Surveillance is Babylon's secret weapon. Babylon's a term Adventists are familiar with. From balconies to confession booths to selfies. It's interesting, uh, someone that was high up in the Central Intelligence Agency makes a statement, you can look it up on YouTube, who's the most powerful military organization, sur excuse me, surveillance organization and intelligence community in the world? Who do you think he said? The Jesuits. He said, I gotta give it to them. Those guys are in the intelligence community, right? I mean, you think about confession booths. Talk about knowing how to manipulate society. You've come into the confession booth, told me all your stuff, I can use that against you if I'm not perfectly dictated by God's leading. And, and the confession booth isn't, hey bud, how you doing? It's, hey, here's my deepest, darkest sin, and I've done this. And we talk about balconies. Think about it. Daniel was tracked. Daniel was watched. They found out Daniel to be one of those Sabbath keepers. And they finally got him on his balcony doing something that he shouldn't have been doing, and they reported it to the authorities. Balconies, confession booths, and now with our phones and microphones in our pockets. 
It's, it's just a way to control. The omniscience, the omnipotence of God is being counterfeited by the enemy. We should not be afraid of this, but we should engage with it. We should know, how should I engage with this technology? I'm saying all this to say, there's a company, Nest. Anybody heard of Nest? I've got two Nest thermostats in my house. I love it. So I, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm trying to come at this in a balanced way. Now, I would, I would understand if somebody says, hey, why on earth are you putting technology in your world that could be used against you? To live in a world without any technology is very difficult today. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not even saying it's weird. In fact, there's a movement of millennials that are like, look, I'm going back to the way life should have been. I'm not using my mechanical tractor. I'll use a horse that I can feed the grass and can till the dirt and make organic food. Right? We got some believers in here. So what I'm saying is, we just need to know how are you engaging with it? This is the world we live in. We have individuals like Edward Snowden, who some hate and some love, who basically came out and exposed all of this. It, the argument is, well, I got nothing to hide. I, though some argue against that, I think really as a Seventh-day Adventist, you got to live with nothing to hide. Like, just live knowing, hey, the, the intelligence of the universe is watching this thing go down. God is watching me and rooting for me. I have people rooting for me to be saved in the book of life. And at the same time, I'm being tracked in other books. And they are out for my destruction. And so I'm going to live my life knowing this is the delicate balance that I will walk. You with me? Is there any questions? Here, oh, here's a few documentaries, pretty interesting. Uh, all of them on YouTube. They're basically about some of the topics we've discussed. Uh, our presentation after lunch will be augmenting reality. Uh, and I'm excited about that one. As you can tell, I'm excited about all this. Yeah, please. Yeah, here. Right. It's actually happening. It is actually happening, yeah. So just from somebody who deals with education, yeah. It actually that's that's the way to go. So you're not crazy. Okay, I'm not crazy. Hey, I had the privilege this last eighteen months to visit uh, about fifteen of our Adventist universities. I have to tell you this. I go there and I hear about issues. The school is, is down perhaps and enrollments down and and uh, funding is down. And I ask, hey, so I mean, uh, do you do agriculture here? No. Oh, okay. In fact, we're trying to sell some of our land. Huh. Can I see the land? Man. When we're in paradise one day, and God looks back, he's going to say, oh, by the way, I gave you guys paradise. I gave you the land. 
Agriculture is the most advanced form of educational development, of leadership development, that exists on this planet. I did not learn the gospel until I started growing a plant. And I know, I know this may sound backwoods, but hear me out. You will not know how to deal with people unless you begin to understand how you deal with a plant or an animal. Because that plant or animal is not going to work like you think they should work as fast as they should work. That tomato plant, I believe, should have perfectly round tomatoes within 48 hours. And yet, a month later, I'm still waiting on tomatoes. And a bug has eaten a tomato. And, and what this teaches us, Ellen White even talks about this, the two greatest things for character development, caring for plants and animals. If, if we want to be the leaders in society, we've got to have that critical thinking. We've got to know how to walk into a situation and own the situation. This is a crisis, and this is what we're going to do. I was in a seminar with the CEO of Twitter, and he said, I don't know what's going on, but we're graduating peacetime executives. People are joining our company, and they think the world is just this piece of cake, and everything goes the same today as it did yesterday, and tomorrow is the same as the day before. And he said, we've had to develop our own program of wartime training. We live in a world of flux. We live in a world of complex problems. This is why we've got to figure out, and, and let me be honest, it's not easy to do. It's like literally what I'm saying is like, what? I mean, what if I live in the middle of a city? I'm going to grow something. Get a pot on your kitchen table and grow something. And, and then start reading the book Christ's Object Lessons. I don't know how we would understand the Gospels. Really, it's like, it's like this other world where they grew stuff and raised animals. And I literally, growing up as a Seventh-day Adventist, did not understand what in the world is Jesus talking about until I started growing stuff. So find a way to do it. You will be the leader in whatever field you're in because you'll learn patience, you'll learn virtues, you'll learn skills in which to deal with people that are not always moving along at the pace at which you would like. Up here. early childhood education and um, you know I, I agree completely that uh, it's affecting our children media in particular in, in more ways than one and it really is impacting thinking skills as you mentioned the top CEOs in the tech industries don't let their kids have it so my question for you is uh, we see this happening and, and I hear what you're saying we need to be careful how we use it um, where do we draw the line though especially with our children and young people is there a point at which we say we don't use this because it is so harmful to the brain. So, you know, I think, I think the study's about under 10. My sister just had a kid. He is the coolest little boy ever. And my sister knows I'm a, I'm a techie, junkie, wannabe. Oh, a new gadget? I'm going to buy it. I, just, I mean, that's me. I'm, we're being honest here. And I told her, don't let that boy touch a screen. There's a reason Steve Jobs told his kids, no. You don't play with these screens. It ruins critical thinking. Thank you. That's exactly right. Children of men do have some light at times. But, but I think we just need, just need to know that. So, so how do we engage with it? We're, here we are. Now the data is being flooded out. Now we have a generation of some of us who've only been raised with gadgets. And let's be honest, if, some, if that's some of us, we need to say, hey, I need some critical thinking skills. Is it too late for me? It's never too late. But you have to do some different things. 
do some different things. I mean, even, even to the point of Scripture, the Bereans could have been wiser because now that we know with motor hand development, they were turning pages with their Bibles. It's easy to look it up on your phone, but it's something totally different when you're using your hands to look up Scripture. When you read a paper book, I still buy paper books. Because if you ask me, hey, what did that book talk about? Well, on some part of the book, on the lower left side of the page, it talked about this principle that was really interesting. If you ask me about something I read digitally, I'm like, I mean, I feel like I'm losing my memory. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, somewhere, I, it just becomes convoluted. So, so yeah, I, I think that's important. To answer his question, he said, well, like, how do you know what the boundary is, or how do you... How do you know the boundary? engaging with the media. So, someone asked me, like, yeah, do we just cut it off? Now, let me be honest here. Is social media winning, or are we winning? Social media is killing us. It is, it is taking us to the cleaners. So we've got to know, if I'm going to engage with this, Lord, how do I do this? Like, it's, it's tempting for me. Like, well, people don't like the Bible verse and the Ellen White quotes I post. Maybe they'll like this. It's like, now you're just catering to a crowd for that drug of fame. So you got to know, what are my core principles? How am I living? Why am I living? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, I can. They're on YouTube, and they're particularly about just... It, to me, those are ones that made prophecy come alive. To see the generals of all the armies of the world at a convention in Amman, Jordan, that's the one, the business of war, buying weapons from each other. It's like, what is this? Like, you guys are at war with each other. And you're selling him the rockets? Like, it just makes you, it just makes you pull the veil back and say, Scripture is on time. God knew what was up. If you want to know what tomorrow's headlines are, you've got to get into Scripture. Otherwise, you're just being dictated by what the news is telling you is happening that may not be actually what's happening. In the back. So the principle with the children is don't take away the electronic device without implementing something better. So if you're in the city, like we used to be, my mom would, every Saturday, she would take it out hiking. Get into nature. So go, go, go do something better intentionally. So don't take something away without replacing something better. So, so on that point, check this out. One of the hottest growth industries right now is something called wellness tourism. To anyone that's had a passion reading the writings of Ellen White saying, man, lifestyle centers, sanitariums, is this a bygone era that doesn't exist anymore? It is the hottest industry because we millennials go into the cities and this is our life. We wake up, I get on the train, I'm on my phone, I get to work, I sit at my desk, I do my digital stuff, I go back on the train, I go back home. Creator? There's no creator. Like... God didn't create trains. God didn't create computers. God didn't create my desk. Like, what is nature? If nature is a lesson book, how would I ever be taught from it? You with me? So it's such a smooth move. Take people's total connection away from their creation, from the creator. So, so yeah, that's a great suggestion. Get out into nature. Learn from nature. And perhaps, you know, it's difficult because I've literally watched. I mean, he's seven months old, my nephew. A screen comes out, and this is him. It's like, what in the world? That is just, I think it's like, 
Uh, if you've ever been in a restaurant with a guy, I'll just pick on the guys for a second, and there's a TV somewhere, they're like, this dinner is so good. We're just mesmerized by this screen. So you have to know, like, hey, clearly there's something with flashing lights and sound. You know about all this stuff. Uh, so perhaps try to not give it to them in the first place, but if we're going to remove it, got to give them something better. Yeah, that's a great point. In the back. I understand. So behavior changed. That's interesting. There's a quote from our presentation this afternoon, those who are creating with virtual reality. This is one of the big developers. They said, we're trying to manipulate behavior. This is far outside of technology. So, so yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, how about any questions on our Slido? What's like the top question? Anybody have access to that? On Slido, sli.do, did we have a question that might have been in there somebody wanted to ask? Or any other questions before we go? All right, if you have any questions, feel free to come talk to me. I'd love to have you back after lunch. We're going to talk about virtual reality, augmented reality, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Thank you. This message was presented at the GYC 2016 conference, when all has been heard, in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.